What is up, guys? It's been a while. I didn't get to do an episode last week uh, due to some things I had to do over the weekend for that week. But we are back and we have a lot to cover on today's episode of Straight Selling. A lot of things have happened. We witnessed the dream match. Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson one-on-one on AEW Dynamite Grand Slam. We have Extreme Rules to talk about. We have draft predictions for tomorrow. We have Raw to talk about from last Monday and this past Monday's Raw. We have two Dynamites to talk about. We have Rampage, we have SmackDown. We're gonna cover it all here today. So let's get straight into it. Welcome to episode four of Straight Selling. I'm your host, Andy Moreno, and it's good to be back. It's gonna be a fun episode today. So let's get into it. So first things first, let's talk about AW Dynamite Grand Slam last week. And man, what a jam-packed show it was. Stack card for AW Dynamite last week. We had the dream match that we all wanted, that we all wanted to see. Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega one-on-one for the first time ever in AEW. Not the first time these two have had a match. They've had a match before, I believe, in Ring of Honor. And uh, they've had that, but they haven't had a match where these two guys are established like they are today. So to see these two guys open up the show and to be in a big arena like they were in New York in that stadium, I... I was happy to see a company like AEW started in 2019 and for them to grow so fast and to see how far they've come and to see all these guys like Cole, Punk, and Brian showing up in AEW, it's just crazy. And it feels good to see this company thrive. And the crowd was great. The dream match was really good. The intro for both superstars was great to see Brian Danielson come out and Justin Roberts announcing his name, just like the good old days when he was in WWE. It's good. It's awesome. So Brian Danielson comes out. This match kicks off the night. I thought it was going to be the main event, to be honest, but it makes sense. The title was not on the line. It was just going to be a one-on-one match, and the match was Super, super good. Super brutal. These two guys were not holding back. And reason being is because they're not wrestling safe like in WWE. A lot of moves that Brian Danielson can perform, um, he was not able to do in WWE because maybe some moves were a little too dangerous, a little too risky. Uh, Some moves were banned from WWE. And to be honest, you know, I'm not mad about that. If you can keep a superstar safe uh, from a move that might jeopardize their career or might, you know, bring in an injury to someone, I think how WWE works with their wrestling moves and what moves they can perform and what they can't perform, it makes a lot of sense to me. But this is AEW, right? And I'm not saying AEW does not keep their superstars safe, but um, you can get away with some stuff in AEW for sure. 
But the match starts, Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson, one-on-one. This was hype. This was a really hyped-up match, and I was ready for this. This was literally a crossover. I never thought we'd see this happen, ever. Reason being is because, you know, we all know that Brian Danielson was in WWE a couple of months ago, and I thought of how long he's been with WWE, he was never really going to go somewhere else, right? And especially with the concussion and the retirement that happened a couple of years ago, and then letting them let him get cleared for in-ring competition, I, you know, I thought he'd stay there for the end of his career, right? But Brian Danielson always wanted to wrestle guys outside of WWE that he was never able to get his hands on because they're in different promotions. They're not able to wrestle. And it makes a lot of sense. And at the point where his career is at right now and the age he's at right now, it makes a whole lot of sense for a guy like Brian Danielson to be like, hey, I've done what I can. I've done what I've done in WWE. And he's very thankful where he came from and what they've done for him. But he wants to wrestle. He wants to have fun. He wants to wrestle guys that he can't wrestle in WWE, guys that are not a part of their roster. So it's exciting, and it's exciting for fans, and it's a win-win for all of us. It's a win-win for the business. It's a win for fans, and this is why right now, currently today, in 2021, wrestling is exciting again because of AEW, because of these returns, these debuts, these matches that we thought we'd never see ever. So seeing Brian Danielson in the ring with Kenny Omega for the first time ever in AEW, it really just speaks volumes, really does. And like I said, this match was not for the title. Uh, They had a one-on-one match, a classic match, really fun. The crowd was eating it up. They loved it so much. And, you know, Kenny did his moves. Brian did his moves. It was, uh, I believe it was, it went to time limit. It was a 20-minute match or a 25-minute match. I'm not quite sure. I forget how long the match was. But it went by really, really quick. And no one won. It was a draw. Uh, They went to uh, the end of the time of time limit for the match. And that was it. crowd wanted more i wanted more honestly i these guys were great kenny omega is just so amazing he's so good in the ring and brian danielson seeing him here in AEW, it's it's a different brian danielson you know i feel like he's not so restricted he's not uh so cautious here in AEW, and you can see it with this match and i really hope these guys go at it again in the future uh, but man, this match was so good. It was literally a crossover because it hasn't been that long since we've seen Brian Danielson at WWE. So it literally felt like, you know, for one night only, AEW was able to get a guy from the WWE roster to come over to Dynamite and face Kenny Omega. That's how it felt like. It really did. Um, but Crazy match, great match. 
for this match to open up the show, I think that was very smart of them. And they get straight into it. There's no promos. There's no talking. Uh, commentary just went straight to the match. You know, uh, none, none of, uh, you know, wasting time here. Just Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega, here we go, one-on-one. The song hits. Crowd is just crazy. Crowd is loud. Crowd is huge. Big stadium. One-on-one. Man, this was fun. It really was fun. Uh, at the end of the match, when the bell rang for time limit, uh, the elite comes out and they start attacking uh, Brian Danielson. And Adam Cole goes for a super kick to Brian. And here's another guy that I want to see face Brian Danielson again, Adam Cole. Now, we got to see these two guys face each other one-on-one couple of years ago before the pandemic for the Survivor Series takeover when NXT was a part of the main roster for that month. NXT versus Raw versus SmackDown, which I I loved. And NXT champion Adam Cole was showing up on Raw to face Seth Rollins, Universal Champion. And then, and then uh, Adam Cole shows up on SmackDown the same week and faces WWE champion Brian Danielson. So it was a cool sight to see, and that match was also great for the small amount of time we got to see those two guys go at it on SmackDown. So I'm really just – I have to be patient. I I can't wait to see these guys. I want to see Cole and Brian go one-on-one, especially if Cole gave him a super kick at the end of the match – like AW right now, it's just the place to be. It's the place to watch wrestling, in my opinion. It's just so hot right now with the superstars that they have on the roster. And, you know, we haven't even scratched the surface yet with these guys. You know, we just got Punk versus Darby Allen. We got Omega versus Brian. And Cole giving him a super kick last week. That was a statement there. And I'm liking this little feud between the elite and uh, Brian Danison with Christian and Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. It's just, man, it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. And tomorrow night on Rampage, uh, they announced that Brian Danison will be in action. He will have a one-on-one match with one of the Young Bucks. I believe it's Nick Jackson. I forget which uh, brother it is. I believe it is Nick Jackson. can't really think of the top of my head, but it's one or the other. But Brian Danielson is in action once again on Rampage. And, yeah, it's good to see this guy in AEW. It's a kind of breath of fresh air for Brian Danielson. And it's a breath of fresh air for AEW. Not that it needed it, but it's just it's a different vibe. It's a different feel for the show. And it's crazy how one to two to three people can change the landscape of AEW in such a quick matter, you know, and I'm super excited to see Brian versus Kenny again. And that was just a sneak peek of what we got from that dream match on Dynamite Grand Slam. And I cannot wait to see what they give us next. There has to be a rematch. Brian Danielson is uh zero, zero, no record. It was a draw. Um, he has no record, no wins, no loss. And yeah, Kenny was not going to lose. 
Kenny is the champion right now, AW champion, and Brian Danielson wasn't going to lose either. These two guys were not going to lose at all. Brian Danielson, the superstar that he is, coming from WWE, to show up and lose his first night, that was not going to happen, right? So this was a smart move, what they did. They gave us a really kick-ass match. These two guys were just beating each other up, right? Just left and right. These guys were kicking heads, jumping off the turnbuckles, doing all their finishing moves. It was it was such a great match, and I wanted more. It was a it was an instant classic for sure. Um, so yeah, Brian was not going to lose. The champion wasn't going to lose. So what do they do? Draw. They run out of time for the match. And I think that was a smart way to introduce Brian Danielson to AEW, and you have the match, but no one loses and no one wins. So I think that was a smart move from AEW. And who knows when's the next time we'll see these two guys go at it. But Kenny Omega does say, you know, no rematch. That's it. You'll never face me again. That's just Kenny being, you know, scared of Brian Danielson, the healer he is. So I'm assuming this match might take place again at the next pay-per-view, AW Full Gear. I'm assuming. I'm not quite sure. Um but yeah, like this is it. Like this is a great match. It was a kick-ass match. I loved it, and I went back that same night, last week on Wednesday, and rewatched the whole thing because the 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 entrances for both guys was crazy, right? Loved it. The crowd, just the moves that they were doing, just the whole the whole match in general was just crazy, and it makes you really you know kind of think about like, wow, this is moments like this, right? Moments like this dream match where you never thought this would happen, right? In wrestling, it really, really just kind of makes you think, man, I am so happy to be a wrestling fan and to witness moments like this, moments like this, matchups like this, that you never thought would ever happen. A guy like Daniel Bryan, who was in WWE for so long, right? And made a name for himself there and just a superstar in his own right. And a guy that had to retire because of many concussions. And we thought we'd never see this guy wrestle again. And when he came back at one WrestleMania and teamed up with, uh, with Shane to take on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, that was crazy to see. Wow. Daniel Bryan is actually coming back to wrestle, you know, and when he was gone and just doing the, the, the SmackDown stuff, the, the GM SmackDown stuff, and the guy that was not able to compete anymore, and you have guys like AJ Styles and Nakamura and guys that they signed, like, man, wouldn't that be cool to see Daniel Bryan go up against these guys? And we weren't able to get that until he was cleared a couple years later. And now him not re-signing with WWE and going outside of that company to face a guy like Kenny Omega, who was in Japan for so long, never went anywhere, right? If you wanted to face a guy like Kenny Omega, you had to leave WWE and go to Japan and face this guy, right? Because Kenny was not on American television before 
AEW even started. He was just in New Japan Pro Wrestling, right? So, yeah, like this was like, it was really hard to get a match against Kenny, I think. And Chris Jericho did it. Chris Jericho had to leave WWE. He didn't resign. He left and then did some stuff with New Japan. And we got the match between Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega that one year. And that was also a dream match as well, like a huge crossover. And I think Chris Jericho was the guy that really started this trend of, hey, we can have these crossover matches. We can have these matchups, these dream matches. All it takes is you to leave WWE and go do your thing outside and see if that works out for you. And it definitely does. A lot of wrestlers are realizing, hey, maybe we don't need a place like WWE to be successful. And we've seen it time and time again with many superstars who have either been released, who have been fired, who have asked for their release and want to go somewhere else. And they've been successful. They've done it all. And we get these matchups. We get these three matches. And this is why we got Omega versus Danielson, a five-star match, in my opinion. This is top, top matches for sure. And this is probably, as of today, the best match ever in AEW history. So adding on to last week's Dynamite Grand Slam, um, the dream match, really great kick-ass match. We get CM Punk coming out, right? And he hypes up the match for that week's rampage against Powerhouse Hobbs from Team Taz. CM Punk comes out, and I believe this is the first time in a while where CM Punk comes out to a crowd and a stadium of that size, right? Uh, I'm not counting his UFC stuff, and I don't think Chicago's arena was as big from his return to wrestling uh, to the New York Stadium that were they were in for Grand Slam last week. But Punk comes out, you know, another guy who I know it's been a couple of weeks now. It's been a month now, but um, another guy who when I when I watch on my television screen, I'm like, man, like I really can't believe CM Punk is back and he's here, you know, every week on a wrestling show, right? So uh, it's just crazy, man. Like, it's a good time. It's a good time right now for to be a wrestling fan. But uh, so, yeah, CM Punk comes out and crowd's loud, chanting his name, and he gives a pretty awesome promo. Hyped up promo uh, gets me to watch Rampage, of course, and he'll be having his one-on-one match. Uh, for the first time in seven years, a televised match uh, ever since he left in 2014. So CM Punk versus Powerhouse Hobbs on Rampage. Um, so that takes place that Friday of that week. And I saw the match and what a match it was. You know, CM Punk finally comes back with his um, trademark trunks that he always wears. Uh, and yeah, it was just, uh, it was a cool match for sure. Punk versus powerhouse Hobbs. This kind of, this kind of matchup, uh, for Punk to be in kind of reminded me 
of a match between him and Ryback back in 2012, 2013, those kind of matches. And of course, uh, a match between him and Brock Lesnar. Uh, this was a different matchup, of course. You know, the first match was him against a smaller guy like Darby Allen. So to see CM Punk already go up against this big guy, Powerhouse Hobbs, it was cool. Um, CM Punk obviously wins. And I don't think CM Punk is going to lose anytime soon. I think he's here to have matches with these new up-and-coming guys that he's never had matches with. And although these younger guys do lose to CM Punk, I think it gives the guys exposure that, hey, I wrestled CM Punk. I have a match against Punk on Dynamite, on Rampage, right? And Punk is just taking all of them out. And Punk will eventually hit that roadblock. Um, and that roadblock could possibly be a Kenny Omega, an Adam Cole. Who knows? But, yeah, there's a lot of guys on the roster that we can have these matchups with. Like I said on the last episode of the podcast, you know, CM Punk versus Malachi Black, that sounds like fun. CM Punk versus Cody Rhodes. CM Punk versus Brian Danielson, again, in AEW for the first time. And CM Punk versus Kenny Omega, another dream match. Matchups that we only dreamed of. We never thought would ever happen. Last year, two years ago, a couple of months ago, we never thought that these matchups would ever be a possibility. So, yeah. So Punk wins the match against Hobbs, and it's good to see him back. He's moving really well. For for a guy that's in his early 40s now, um, CM Punk still looks like CM Punk. You know, he does have some gray in his beard, but, I mean, it is what it is. But uh, CM Punk still has it. Still looking good, still in shape, and he's only going to get better and better as he keeps having these matches as the months go on uh, for him to get back into the rhythm of things. But um, I'm super excited to see who he'll face next, but I'm liking this, this schedule that they have for him where if he's not wrestling on a show, he's on commentary, right? And we had CM Punk on commentary on last week's Dynamite, and we had him on commentary yesterday, on yesterday's Dynamite. So to have CM Punk on commentary, I'm all for it. He's great on the mic. He's great on commentary. Uh, it spices things up for Dynamite for sure. And if he's not on commentary, he's wrestling on Rampage, you know, So or he's on a pay-per-view. So I'm liking this, this light schedule for Punk. And he's been in AEW every week ever since his return. So I'm liking what's happening. I like what's going on with Punk, and I can't wait who he faces next in AEW. But I'm glad CM Punk is here. I'm glad Brian Danielson's here. Adam Cole. It's just fun. And AEW really, really is the place to be and the place to watch wrestling today, for sure. So the match that I was really excited about on Dynamite Grand Slam, besides the dream match between Kenny and Brian, was Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes. Now, 
I've never seen this matchup before, right? They had a match once during around the time of Malachi's debut for Dynamite. And Cody comes back, right? They had the match on Grand Slam. And I was kind of, eh, the match was okay. The match was whatever to me. I really had high hopes for the match. I had high hopes for Black and Rhodes. And yeah, the way it ended, the way things ended with the mist, uh, I didn't really like how it ended. But I'm assuming what they're doing with Malachi Black is this kind of like this heel character for him where he will do anything for a win or he's just really getting into the head of Cody Rhodes and the Rhodes family. And it's just messing with his head and doing all these cheap shots at Rhodes. Uh, I want to see more from Malachi Black. I really do. Because before Malachi's debut, um, when he was in WWE as Aleister Black, Aleister was not on TV for quite some time. Um, they didn't really have him on TV. I The last time I remember this guy doing anything in WWE was when he was teaming up with Ricochet uh, on Raw. And that was a while back. I don't remember seeing much of him during the Thunderdome era. I really don't. And then they hyped him up. They hyped up the character coming back to, to TV. And they did the vignettes every week. And then he finally returned on SmackDown and set up a program with Big E. And then the very next couple of days, they released the guy. So I haven't seen much of Malachi Black, and I want to see more. I want to see more. And I finally get to see him go up against Cody Rhodes, who is a favorite of mine in AEW right now. And the match was kind of whatever. And the way it ended was just, I don't know, kind of was really upsetting. So... I really hope we see more of Malachi for sure. And I really hope that he starts just kicking people's heads off and everything. But I like the entrance. I like the music. I like the character. I like the promos. I like what they're doing with Malachi. But the match was whatever. And I really hope we see better matches in the future with Malachi. But the feud between, Cal- uh, I'm sorry, the feud between Cody Rhodes and Malachi Black is far from over. So the main event of the night for Dynamite Grand Slam, Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker for the AEW Women's Championship. So this was the main event. And I thought Omega and Danielson were taking the spot for the main event, but this was it. And this was a good move by AEW to have the girls go last for this championship because the title was on the line and the Dream Match title was not on the line. So... I'm looking at the match and Ruby Soho debuted at All Out and I wanted her to win the title, but I think it was too soon to take the title off Britt Baker. I think Britt still has a lot to do with this title and she's been dominant in the AEW women's division. So I wanted Ruby Soho to win, but it was too early, too soon for her. She just debuted. And I think Britt does a lot more with this title and does a lot more with the character and 
just dominates this division that they have currently on the roster. But uh, the match was kick-ass. It was a crazy match. Both girls were going at it. And uh, Britt does the curb stomp on Ruby Soho, which is crazy. And the match was really good. And Britt retained the AEW Women's Championship. Uh, but like I said about Ruby winning the title, uh, it was too soon. It was too soon for her to win if that was the plan. I doubt it was. But... Uh, there was little to no build for this matchup. Uh, she just debuted at the last pay-per-view. They had maybe two, you know, promos backstage between the two of them uh, at the Dynamites after that. And then um, Grand Slam, it was just a match. And that was it. I think Ruby and Britt still go at it after this. I think these are the only two girls right now that are the biggest out of all the women in the division right now currently. And I think AEW definitely needs more uh, star power in the women's division. And although they are utilizing a lot of the younger talent and a lot of fresh faces from that division, I think the only two that are really main event players right now, in my opinion, is Britt and Ruby Soho, because here's a girl that came from WWE, big name, uh, making their debut here. And it's a fresh matchup for Britt, and it's a fresh matchup for the AEW uh, show as a whole. So, uh, yeah, we need more stars. We need more women in this roster. And I don't know if we're going to get any more girls from WWE, honestly. I think that's pretty much it. I don't really hear anyone coming from there uh, or anyone asking for the release. So we'll see where this goes, but I think this isn't the last time we see a match between Britt and Ruby. And um, we just need a lot of these girls to just kind of, you know, turn it up a bit because all I see right now that's important is Britt and Ruby. And that's pretty much it. And I think this was the first time, uh, in a while that the women were the main event of an AEW show. So there you go. We'll see what happens with Brit and we'll see what happens with Ruby. So yeah, dynamite's been good. Your rampage has been good. AEW altogether has been great. Uh, a lot of great moments that have been happening with AEW, a lot of great matches and, uh, we just got to keep going and see where they go from here. And I don't think this will be the last time we see Britt and Ruby go at it for the title. And I don't think it's the last time we see Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega and just the matchups. Like I say, every time we wait patiently and we'll see what happens with all these fresh new faces in AEW and we'll see where they go from here. But AEW has been kicking ass. And like I said, really happy of how far they've come uh, ever since their debut a couple of years ago, uh, two years ago. So yeah, hopefully they're in a, another big stadium like this and hopefully we get really big uh, dream matches once again. And I think we will, you know, we haven't seen 
uh, most of these guys face each other. So it'll be a great time. And AEW has been just really good. So let's get into Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules was last Sunday, and we'll, we'll talk about that, and then we'll talk about the Raw and the SmackDowns that were leading up to Extreme Rules and what has happened with WWE. And we'll get into our draft predictions for tomorrow's draft. Uh, this is all happening uh, very soon. The shakeup that Raw has been needing for quite some time. Like I said in the past episodes of the podcast, uh, Raw has been really stale, uh, and it needs fresh new faces it just needs a roster change and we're going to get that with the draft so let's talk about just wwe in general right now what has happened and my predictions for the draft tomorrow so extreme rules uh we had a couple of good matches um i honestly extreme rules to me was just another monday night raw didn't really feel extreme at all um and I think the Extreme Rules pay-per-view name has overstayed its welcome. I don't think Extreme Rules has ever been extreme at all for quite some time. And I think once they did a logo change, I believe last year, I I, I just, I think maybe they should just drop the pay-per-view and think of a new pay-per-view. But this is a staple for many years. We've had Extreme Rules for the past 10 years already. So I don't know if they'll ever drop Extreme Rules, but I think tonight proves that the Extreme Rules pay-per-view name uh, does not make sense from the pay-per-view that we got that Sunday. Liv Morgan finally had a match, a one-on-one match on a pay-per-view, but the match was on the pre-show. But if you're on the pre-show, I mean, you're still on the pay-per-view. I don't know my thoughts on pre-shows i mean the pre-show is fine i think in my opinion as long as you're on the pay-per-view and you're there with the live crowd i think you've you you are on the pay-per-view definitely are so Liv morgan had a match against carmella and i believe this match was supposed to be a part of the actual uh card it was not supposed to be part of the pre-show and I believe they moved it to the pre-show probably for time. They ran out of time. But yeah, giving Liv Morgan a match one-on-one and having her win, it's a big, big move for Liv Morgan. And I think hopefully this is the beginning uh, for that ball to roll for her and become something uh, finally on either Raw or SmackDown. Uh, we'll see what, when the draft happens uh, tomorrow. But um, hopefully she gets the push that she deserves and... Uh, she's she's another girl, another another floater, another superstar in WWE, uh, where they just kind of get stuck in a stable and really don't do much, you know. And, and it sucks, and it's it's not the person's fault. I think it's just all about a creative and what they have for these superstars. So, uh, big win for Liv Morgan, uh, and hopefully, this is the start of a big push for her. So. Let's get into extreme rules uh, really quickly, um, you know, because we got to get into the draft predictions as well uh, for tomorrow. But so very quickly, uh, you know, we had Universal Champion Roman Reigns defending the title against Finn Balor. We had the Raw Women's Championship on the line, Charlotte defending the title against Alexa Bliss. We had 
uh, Becky Lynch defending the title against Bianca Belair. And then we had the tag team titles on the line with the Usos. Um, so yeah, looking at the pay-per-view and just seeing past drafts of what they've done, my thought was if you're a champion, uh, you're not able to get drafted. But I remember when the New Day, I believe, a couple of years ago, were drafted to Raw, and a team from Raw got drafted to SmackDown, and they were both the championship holders. And all they did was they switched the titles. They just handed the titles to each other. So, you know, the Raw tag team titles, they gave it to the new team that was drafted to Raw and vice versa. So they might be doing that here this time, tomorrow. We'll see. But, um, yeah, Usos retained the tag team titles. I was thinking, all right, they can't lose. They'll retain. They'll stay on SmackDown with Roman Reigns. Uh, Roman Reigns also retains his universal title. And the thing with that match and the thing with the two weeks of buildup for Extreme Rules uh, so far with Finn Balor, I really don't understand why they brought back the Demon King. Obviously, this was a big rub for Roman because that's a big match. Like, oh, it's not just Finn Balor going in one-on-one because we've seen Reigns and Balor go at it many times before. This is the Demon King, Finn Balor, right? So I I knew Finn was going to lose. Like I said, Reigns is not going to lose anytime soon. But to bring the Demon King character uh, and for him to eat the pin from Roman and the match, how, how that played out with the turnbuckle and the ropes falling apart, I don't know what that was, honestly. I really don't. But, uh, I mean, they should have just let Finn Balor just face Roman Reigns without the Demon stuff because we still need Finn Balor to be a realistic main event player and for him to eat the pin from Roman, especially with the demon stuff, it sucks. It really does suck. And it just shows you that the demon King really isn't much anymore because Roman Reigns just beat him and the demon King would always win. Um, So that was kind of weird. You know, if he was going to eat the pin, just let him be Finn Balor, just the way he is without the demon stuff. But it is what it is. Um, so Roman Reigns does retain the universal title, of course. And um, I don't know. Does Reigns get drafted to Raw? Does he get drafted to Raw? I mean, we've seen Reigns on Raw. Last Monday's Raw. That was really fun. You know, having the Usos and Roman Reigns go up against the New Day. That was really nice. And then we had that big main event uh, later that night. The triple threat match between Bobby Lashley, Big E, and Roman Reigns. That was also really fun. Really kick-ass match. Uh, but yeah, the draft, the draft's going to reset a lot of things. The draft will reset storylines, feuds, uh, pushes, everything. And we will see what happens tomorrow uh, during the draft. There's going to be just a lot of things happening, a lot of changes. So when Roman was on Raw, I was like, does are we going to have to get used to seeing Roman on Raw? Does does Roman stay on Raw? Is this is this what we're seeing for the next couple of months after the draft? I really hope Roman stays on SmackDown um, because just SmackDown's just been the show, and not because necessarily because Roman is there, but because SmackDown's on Fox and Fox wants all these big big time you know names on SmackDown. So I, I, I think Reigns does stay 
on SmackDown for sure. Hopefully, um, I really don't see him going to Raw. Charlotte and Alexa Bliss. Uh, we'll talk about that really quick as well. So Charlotte retains the Raw Women's Championship from Alexa. I really thought Alexa was going to win because if Alexa would have won the title from Charlotte, then that allows you to draft Charlotte fairly easy to SmackDown without a championship. And then you set up Charlotte with Becky Lynch over there on SmackDown, right? Uh, that wasn't the case. Charlotte retains her title, beats Alexa Bliss. And then from what I'm hearing, Alexa Bliss is taking some time off uh, from WWE. So I I don't know what her her deal is. I don't know what's going to happen with her and the character. Um, and then the Raw following after uh, Extreme Rules the next, the next night, uh, there was an open challenge for the Raw Women's Championship. And I thought, all right, this is perfect. You have Alexa Bliss come out and challenge her for a rematch, but you drop the demon gimmick. You drop the fiend gimmick. You just give us, you know, the old Alexa Bliss, the original Alexa Bliss, and then you have her face Charlotte and she wins the title. That would have been great, but that was the case. Uh, Dewdrop came out and challenged Charlotte and then Eva Marie came in to interrupt and Charlotte pins do drop. And then it was just a huge mess. And that's why I think the women's division on SmackDown is a lot better than raw. To be honest, I, I really don't like Eva Marie at all. I don't like her character. So, I mean, she is doing her job. She's a great heel. She does get booed out of the arena, but this is just a big mess. And yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen now from what, what I was thinking of Charlotte, you know, getting drafted to SmackDown. Maybe, maybe it's not going to happen. Who knows? Becky Lynch. We'll talk about her real quick as well. So she also retains her SmackDown Women's Championship at Extreme Rules. And I didn't really think she was going to lose the title. I thought she was going to retain no matter what. Um, I really don't see her getting drafted to Raw. I think they're going to keep Becky on SmackDown. Big name. She'll keep the title for a long time. And we'll see what other challenger approaches for her. But Sasha Banks comes out, right? And we're going to probably have that program between the two. So that will probably be the feud now between uh, Becky and Sasha Banks um, now that Sasha's back and might also challenge for the title as well. So we'll see what happens with that. But, I mean, anything can happen at tomorrow's draft. Um, and, yeah, we'll see what happens with those girls. But now that Sasha's back as well, maybe I really don't see Charlotte going to SmackDown either because there's just too many, you know, players on SmackDown. you got to spread them out for both shows. So I, I really don't know, but Becky did retain the title and Sasha Banks did return uh, to WWE. But yeah, the past two Raws, um, last week's Raw was really fun, like I said, really entertaining. Uh, we had Roman Reigns coming out 
with uh, the Usos. And then we had the matches between Lashley, Biggie, and Roman, which was really, really fun. And uh, the Raw after that, after Extreme Rules, it was not so great. I it rushes too long. Like I said, it's three hours long. I it's it, it feels like a chore, and I don't think Raw will go down to two hours. I really don't think so. So hopefully this draft tomorrow really changes things up for sure. I mean, it will. We'll have new people on Raw, but hopefully that helps Monday Night Raw because it's just been a drag. But I honestly think SmackDown will be the A show as long as SmackDown's on Fox, to be honest. That's what it's looking like. But um, yeah, Raw was just too long. Uh, I enjoyed last week's Raw, but not uh, this past week's Raw. Did not enjoy it whatsoever. All right, so let's get into my draft predictions for tomorrow's October 1st SmackDown. Uh, Let's do it, man. Very exciting. Finally, a draft. And to be able to do a prediction show uh, before the draft happens, I think that's really exciting. So let's get into it. This is the first time I'm doing a draft prediction. So pretty awesome. I love love draft predictions. Uh, I've seen it before. So um, I will give you my predictions. These are just kind of like what I think will happen and also some wants of who I'd like to see on SmackDown. So October 1st, Friday Night SmackDown, that will be the first uh, picks of the draft. And then it concludes October 4th on Monday Night Raw. So let's get into our SmackDown draft predictions. So. Let's get on with it right here. I have my my list right here. So, of course, these are people that are going to come from Monday Night Raw to SmackDown. Now, I've seen some posts from WWE, like on Instagram and Twitter, about NXT. Who would you like to see from NXT 2.0 going to Raw or SmackDown? Now, I don't know if that's true or not. They didn't advertise that. If that happens, it might be just like a like uh, just one pick, like a like a wild card pick, and it's someone from NXT. So I really don't know if that's going to happen or if that was just kind of a tease. Um, it, it wouldn't make sense for them to do NXT draft picks to Raw or SmackDown because a lot of the guys on NXT are new, fresh faces from developmental uh, that are not even established or have not been in NXT for quite some time. So the only people I would probably see go to our SmackDown are people that have already been there for the majority of a year or two, you know, like Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, a Dakota Kai, uh, a Samoa Joe, but he's injured. You know what I mean? Like those kind of guys, not the new guys that are on the new NXT 2.0 show. So, but we'll see who knows. But let's get into uh, our SmackDown draft picks for October 1st. So I think tomorrow uh, for a SmackDown draft pick, Drew McIntyre will go to SmackDown. I think Drew McIntyre has been on Raw for too long in the majority of the Thunderdome era. And I think something needs to change with Drew McIntyre. Uh, he did call out Big E for the WWE Championship this past Monday on Raw. 
at the end of the show. Um, so, I mean, anything can happen. Anything can change. Maybe he gets drafted to SmackDown and then just starts a feud with Roman Reigns if Roman Reigns stays on SmackDown. But we won't know that until Raw, when Raw gets to get draft picks from SmackDown. So this is all just people coming from Raw to SmackDown. This is what it is. On second thought, I think I think October 1st will be tomorrow's draft will have uh people getting drafted to Raw as well, both shows. So I'm not I'm not quite sure. But if they're if they're doing a show on the fourth, you would think, okay, we'll know who gets drafted from SmackDown to Raw, right? I, I, I don't know how they're gonna do it because in the past they've done the shakeup, which was kind of like a not even a draft. It was kind of like a soft reboot of everything, like just a soft reset of both shows. So I don't know if that's the case, but for now, I'm just going to do who I think will be on SmackDown uh, for tomorrow's draft. So the next guy who I'd like to see who I think will go to SmackDown is Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy drafted a SmackDown. Uh, another guy who's been on Raw for way too long, uh, for the majority of the Thunderdome era. Jeff really hasn't done much on Raw, just kind of in the mid-card scene or just kind of being, you know, being filler for things that they need. You know, they just need a body. And we've seen that with the 24-7 championship debacle with Jeff Hardy, which was very embarrassing for a legend like Jeff. So, uh yeah, I think if you move Jeff to SmackDown, um, you have another main event player there. You can mix it up with Roman. You can mix it up with Finn Balor. I think that'd be nice. And then you can also have Jeff Hardy go up against Shinsuke Nakamura if he stays on SmackDown. And you have a feud between the two for the Intercontinental Championship. But I think if you move Jeff to SmackDown, I think, and it's a two-hour show compared to a three-hour Raw, I think Jeff Hardy will be utilized better on SmackDown. I just, I just think it is, and maybe they, you know, they give him another push, you know, now that he's on SmackDown. So I think Jeff Hardy uh, drafted a SmackDown as my prediction for sure. John Morrison. John Morrison, I predict, will go to SmackDown. I think if you have John Morrison there, much like Jeff, who can do something as a single star on SmackDown, I think that'll be great. That'd be pretty cool. So John Morrison's another guy that would elevate and get that mid-card really strong for SmackDown for sure. So John Morrison to SmackDown. My next prediction, Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss to SmackDown would be nice. I think that'd be great. And you take her off Raw. Here's another person that's been on Raw way too long, uh, especially with The Fiend. But now that that's no longer happening, um, 
and we don't know what will happen with her character, honestly. But if you have a, if you have the original gimmick that Alexa Bliss had without the Fiend stuff on SmackDown, I think that'll be great. And we should finally have a proper feud between Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss on SmackDown. I think that'll be really, really good to see that. Or have Alexa mix it up with Becky Lynch. Or have her mix it up with uh, Bianca Belair or Liv Morgan. There's a lot of mix-ups you can do with Alexa. Alexa Bliss is SmackDown. My next prediction, AJ Styles to SmackDown. Uh, AJ is in a tag team on Raw with Omas, and I don't like it. <laughs> so you move AJ to SmackDown as a single star once again. You put him back where he was dominant during the SmackDown Live time when AJ was on SmackDown. I think you move him there. Another guy that's a big main event player. Maybe we have a feud with him and Finn Balor. We want to see AJ versus Roman again. That'd be nice. I think that'd be a really great group of people for the Universal title. Even even if you don't want to put him in a main event just yet with the Universal title, you can have him in the mid-card scene for the, for the IC title with Shinsuke. But I think AJ would be really cool on SmackDown again for sure. And you just break away that tag team because AJ does not belong in tag teams. And especially he does not belong with Omas. So move AJ to SmackDown and keep him as a single star for sure. This is more of a want for me, but a prediction nonetheless. Um, I really hope this does happen. And we saw what happened this past Monday. Um, Karrion Cross to SmackDown. This past Monday, Karrion had another promo. And finally, Karrion had a match on Monday Night Raw, finally. Because he wasn't on Raw for the past two or three weeks. He was just kind of like in the background doing uh, promos, basically. Um, he still has the gladiator thing, the gladiator suit. Um, I don't like it. Where's Scarlett Bordeaux? Hopefully she accompanies him if he gets drafted to SmackDown. I think that'd be great. And I think the reason why Karen hasn't been on Raw for a while is because they're probably waiting for this draft to happen and to reset these storylines and then finally give them the push because they're not going to push him on Raw and then, oh, he gets drafted to SmackDown and then they have to do another push for him and then have another feud with someone. So that's probably why he's been on in all these squash matches for the past couple of weeks, because they really don't have a storyline for him. But if you draft him to SmackDown and he's going to be here from now on, then you can give him a, a guy to feud with for sure. But carry into SmackDown would be great. And if they drop the gladiator stuff, I'm still hoping to, for them to drop that. Just, just keep NXT carrying Cross the way he was, have him with Scarlett, and then draft him to SmackDown. I think SmackDown would be pretty crazy with a carrying on the roster for sure. Here's a tag team I think would benefit going to SmackDown. Here's another another team, another group of guys that have just been on Raw for way too long, and they haven't really done much right and that is the viking raiders 
if you draft these guys to SmackDown, it'll be a nice new look for them on the blue brand. And then you have them mix it up with the Usos. You have them mix it up with the other tag teams on SmackDown because the tag team division on SmackDown and the women's division and the main event singles division is a lot better than Raw for sure. So Viking Raiders to SmackDown, that'll be great. And hopefully they start winning tag team championships. These guys are monsters. Have these guys do something, please. Move the Viking Raiders to SmackDown. That's my prediction. My next prediction, Shayna Baszler. Shayna Blazler has Shayna Blazler. <laughs> Shayna Baszler. That's a tongue twister there. Shayna Baszler, right? So she finally they're pushing her on Raw. She destroyed Nia Jax last week. And man, that was great to see. Honestly, it was. Uh, and they're finally pushing this girl. And they need to push this girl because Shayna Baszler is a beast. She was dominant in NXT. When she came through, uh, she hit a brick wall and that brick wall was Becky Lynch. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think Shayna could definitely be a monster heel, just kicking ass. But I don't think you should have Shayna and Becky on the same roster just because you can't have two badass women on the show, right? Because Becky Lynch is the man. She's the character that kicks ass, doesn't really care about anyone, just taking names and just being dominant. So if you have Shayna Baszler also doing the same kind of character, I don't think it's going to work. And Shayna will hit that brick wall once again. So if, I mean, I don't know how they'll do it, but I think Shayna does go to SmackDown. Here's another girl who's been on Raw for way too long. And just a, a change of of color basically from raw to smackdown does a lot for a superstar like oh you know she's on smackdown now she's on friday like it's a change and then you have her mix up with the girls from smackdown so i think that's much needed for her and for a lot of these people that have been on raw way too long so for sure i i want to see Shayna baszler on a different show and that show needs to be smackdown My next prediction, Sheamus to SmackDown. Um, I think wherever Sheamus goes, you know, where he's at right now with the mid-card stuff, I think that's great. You know, I don't, I don't see Sheamus winning another championship like the WWE title or the Universal title. Really don't see it just because where he's at right now. And... But Sheamus needs to change somewhere. He needs to move somewhere because I'm really getting tired of seeing Sheamus and Damian Priest every week in the same matchups. So move Sheamus to SmackDown. I don't think they're going to move Damian Priest to SmackDown. I think they're keeping the U.S. title on Raw, but I could be wrong. But move Sheamus to SmackDown tomorrow. That'll be great. Here's another prediction. Uh, he just recently returned this past Monday on Raw with a new middle name. But I think this guy 
if you're going to push him as a heel, a monster heel, move him on SmackDown, put him on Fox Friday nights, and that is Keith Lee. I think you draft Keith Lee to SmackDown. I think his debut on Raw a year ago was pretty cool. It was crazy to see him mix it up with Randy Orton, but they've changed him too much. They changed the song. They changed the outfit. They changed just his persona. I mean, you move him to SmackDown. Have a reset with Keith Lee on SmackDown. Have him feud with the guys that I just mentioned to go there. Um, I think I think Keith Lee on SmackDown would be cool. And you just have him again. Have him in matches with Shinsuke, with Roman Reigns. That would be that'd be awesome. Maybe maybe Rey Mysterio. Maybe that would be pretty cool seeing Rey Mysterio against Keith Lee, but. Or Seth Rollins, or Edge, that'd be cool, you know. But Keith Lee, Keith Lee, and Karrion Cross, especially these two guys who have just gotten shit from Raw. These two guys definitely should get drafted to SmackDown, reset them, and have them be the people they were in NXT. Just let them be. I think if you have Karrion Cross and Keith Lee on SmackDown. That's already two big guys, two strong up-and-coming dudes that you can build on on the blue brand on Fox. I think that'd be great to see Karrion and Keith Lee on SmackDown for sure because Raw, Raw is just not cutting it. It's really not. So for my last prediction for SmackDown, um, hopefully this happens. This is a favorite of mine. I think it should happen. It's been a long time since he's been here and uh, he's just been on raw ever since his return in 2018, when he came back the night after WrestleMania. So he hasn't been on SmackDown ever since he's been on raw ever since he returned to WWE back in 2018. If I'm not mistaken, I have not seen this guy on SmackDown ever since his return, but a personal favorite, who hopefully does show up, and I think it'd be nice to see him on SmackDown. And I think it's going to happen. It has to. He's been he's been on Raw for too long. But Bobby Lashley drafted to SmackDown. I think that will be really really awesome to see. He needs something different. He's been on Raw for too long. Like I said, hasn't been on SmackDown ever since his return to WWE. I think if you have Lashley on SmackDown and you keep Roman Reigns on SmackDown with the title, and you move AJ Styles over there, you have Drew McIntyre over there, Karrion Cross, Keith Lee, Sheamus. This is just a, a dream. This is just like my, my wish list of guys on SmackDown. But if you have all those guys there, and you mix it up with them for the Universal title, I think it'll be a great, great Friday Night SmackDown after the draft and now that the hurt business is back with sean benjamin and alexander uh damn i forget his name jesus cedric alexander i was about to say alexander wolf oh my god so yeah so if you have benjamin and cedric with lashley and i don't know what's happening with mvp i know he got hurt uh in the storyline i don't know what i don't know what we're gonna do with him but if you have the Hurt Business on SmackDown, 
and Benjamin and Cedric on SmackDown, they will benefit from there. I, I feel like Raw is just Raw is just not just because of the three hours and just whoever's on Raw. Just I don't know. It just feels weird. Like uh, a lot of the guys on Monday Night Raw aren't really doing anything. They're really not. And then once they get to SmackDown, I think things just change for some reason. I don't know what it is. I really don't know what it is. It's probably creative or just because it's a two-hour show. It's a shorter show. I really don't know, but people tend to succeed and become bigger than life stars on SmackDown for sure. It's always SmackDown, but Bobby Lashley to SmackDown. I think that'll be nice to see. It'll be a change. He hasn't been on SmackDown. Um, Yeah, I would love to see that. So that is my predictions for SmackDown. Now we can do raw very quickly. Um, because it's a long list, man. It really is a long list. So for Raw, who I want to see from SmackDown go there, I think Dolph Ziggler, Bobby Roode, those guys to Raw, have them over there, make them single stars. I think that'll be great. But I, I feel like these guys, if they're not going to get a push on SmackDown, why would they get a push on Raw? You know what I mean? That's the thing. I, I really don't know uh, what what they're going to do. But I think Ziggler and, and Bobby Roode to Raw would be great. Um, I think if you move Seth Rollins over there, I think that'd be good. But then at the same time, I, I just want Seth on SmackDown still. But I think Seth has done all he can on SmackDown. I think if you move him to Raw and then you have him feud with Big E for the WWE Championship, because Big E is staying on Raw. I think Big E will get drafted to Raw. Of course, he's a WWE Champion. He's gonna stay there with the new day. So if you have if you have Rollins over there, I think that'll be cool. It'll be cool to see for sure. And we'll do one more for Raw, another prediction, I think. Um, because I was just planning to get into the SmackDown picks for sure. Um, but I think for Raw, you have Edge going to Raw. If you draft Edge to Raw, I think that will be really nice to see you know edge was always kind of the raw guy and we've seen him there you know from years past so i think having edge on monday night raw um today would be really awesome a really really cool sight to see you know just like old times um but i mean anything could happen and we will know what things will be looking like with tomorrow's october 1st draft show um, we will see what happens because it's all going to start on SmackDown and then it concludes on Raw. So I give you a few predictions for Raw, um, but we'll get more into Raw predictions with the draft um, maybe over the weekend uh, before Monday Night Raw happens. We'll see. But um, I did a list strictly for SmackDown because – it all starts there. It all starts tomorrow on SmackDown. So we will see what happens. We will see. But this is exciting. Like I said, the drafts need to happen. Raw has been stale. This whole reset will help Raw for sure. And it only makes SmackDown even more interesting. Not that it wasn't because hopefully they keep some of the guys that are working right now on SmackDown that's working really well. And they just add some new faces in there. I think that will be great. 
or just move everyone to SmackDown. Just keep it like that. You know, just have everyone on SmackDown, just kind of not have no one on Raw. That'd be pretty funny. But um, yeah, that'll do it for the drafts um, for me today. We will see what happens tomorrow. It'll be very interesting. Very, very interesting for sure. I'm super excited. I love drafts. Um, but those are my predictions for SmackDown, and those are my few predictions for Raw. Didn't want to get too much into Raw because, like I said, we won't know what the landscape of both shows will look like until we get the drafts going for tomorrow's SmackDown. Um, so, yeah, that is pretty much it for the draft predictions. Um, so, yeah, I was planning to have a predictions uh, show for Extreme Rules before the pay-per-view uh, on top of my uh, weekly uh, review of Raw and Dynamite and SmackDown. And then I wanted to do a draft predictions, uh, just a draft predictions, but I had to talk about Dynamite, I had to talk about Raw, and I had to talk about Extreme Rules. So I kind of just meshed all of them into one uh, for this episode of the podcast. But um, yeah, last week I was not able to do a show due to, like I said, um, I had to do some things uh, over the weekend. Uh, It was a buddy's engagement party, so I had to go and do that. So I didn't really have time to kind of prepare for... um, you know, the dream match talk about, you know, Kenny Omega and Danielson, and then uh, to talk about extreme rules and just everything that's been happening in between. But um, yeah, but we got it done. This was fun. This was pretty much it for me. Um, We will be back for another episode of Straight Selling uh, next week. Uh, Maybe we'll get a prediction show before Monday Night Raw. We will see. But I think SmackDown's draft show will be a lot better than Raw's for sure um, tomorrow. So we'll see where, where that goes. But um, but yeah, that was that was a quick little, you know, review of, you know, Dynamite and the past two Raws and Extreme Rules, a very, very quick Extreme Rules review for sure. I didn't really get too much into it because um, this was really about uh, the drafts and my draft predictions and who I want to see. But um, we will definitely be covering everything on Twitter. You can follow uh, uh, on Twitter, Street Selling. You can follow Street Selling on Twitter. Uh, you can follow my Instagram, Street Selling. It's all the same names, all the same handles. So, yeah, you know, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram covering the shows as they go on live. So, uh, that's always fun to kind of have uh, people interact um, while I'm tweeting of what's going on live on the show. So that's really fun. But uh, but yes, we will see what happens tomorrow on SmackDown, October 1st, the first draft taking place, Friday Night SmackDown tomorrow. Uh, definitely, definitely fun stuff. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And tomorrow's my birthday, so... That's fun. That's going to be cool to see that, you know, SmackDown on my birthday, a draft. So I'm super excited. But yes, 
that is it for me, guys. Thank you so much for supporting. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. I can't thank you guys all enough. Really, the support has been great. And we are, we're going, we're going. Episode four, that's crazy. And then we'll get to episode five and so on. So super exciting stuff. But thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. Um, This was fun. The draft predictions were fun. But we will see what happens tomorrow. Very, 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 very crazy times that we're living in for wrestling right now. So super exciting stuff. But yeah, that is it for me. Um, Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And yeah, this is your host, Andy Moreno. And you are listening to Straight Selling. I will see you guys on the next one. Take care.